Hi, this is Mark with 206.com. Welcome back and welcome to episode two of the 206.com podcast, featuring the debut of the cinematic six-pack and contact high segments. First up is a cinematic six-pack where I give a mini review of six of the biggest movies that are in theaters right now. So first things first, we have to talk about Booksmart. This movie was directed by Olivia Wilde, which is her first time behind the director's chair, and she did an amazing job of creating a brand new twist on the high school coming-of-age comedy. The stars of the movie are Caitlin Deaver, who you may have seen in Short Term 12 or last year's The Front Runner with Christian Bale, and Beanie Feldstein, who you should remember as Saoirse Ronan's best friend in Lady Bird. These two young women are perfect in their roles and perfect for each other. They have tons of chemistry and play off each other really well, which is perfect because the movie is all about their friendship as they prepare to graduate high school and move on to bigger and better things. It's so important to support movies like this at the box office, and the movie is super funny, so please go see it while it's still in theaters. Next up is Annabelle Comes Home, which is part of James Wan's Conjuring universe, which is based on real-life ghost hunters Lorraine and Ed Warren, who we've seen in several movies now, although this one it focuses more on their daughter, uh, the babysitter, a few other of their friends, and all the crazy haunted stuff they've been collecting in their house over the years, including, you know, of course, Annabelle the doll. You know, this movie I thought was just super fun, you know, it has a lot of really good jump scares and some really creative uh, scares. So if, if you like horror movies that, that, you know, just make you jump out of your seat and freak you out, <laughs> this is definitely going to be one that you're going to want to check out. You know, I really like the, the whole, you know, what, you know, what we're calling Conjuring Universe. It's just a lot of fun and it's sort of a, a miniature horror version of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's, it's really fun to see all of the tie-ins to you know the other movies and the history and we actually get to see a lot of that here with the you know all the different things that are in the house and you know of course you know Annabelle the doll or whatever's haunting the doll you know puts a plan in motion to pretty much release everything that's that's in the uh, room inside the house so you know be prepared for a lot of scares a lot of fun and you know this like I said it's just a really good time so you know definitely want to check this one out and hopefully they keep making more. Now this next movie may or may not still be in the theaters by the time you listen to this, but uh, Men in Black International, it came out and you know it kind of came out with a thud. It wasn't that good. I saw it. It was just it was just kind of okay, you know, reasonably entertaining. And I'll be honest with you, as much as I really like Chris Hemsworth, wasn't a fan of him in this movie. It's just he was really going for a silly you know, kind of slapsticky character that, you know, I just wasn't really into. So it's kind of sad to see that. But uh, Tessa Thompson, always a big fan. You know, she did great in her role. You can't really say anything bad about her because, you know, she's Tessa Thompson. But just the story overall was just really lackluster, um, pretty predictable, not much going on. Uh, it's really, um, I felt it was really geared towards kids, a lot of the humor and stuff like that, which is fine. I think a lot of kids are enjoying it at the movies, but for me, it just didn't really do a whole lot. So, um, not really much else I have to say about that. Mm-hmm. 
Next up is a movie that a lot of people didn't think was going to be good, but in my opinion turned out to be fantastic, and that is Toy Story 4. Yep, they did another one, and a, a lot of people were like, well, why would you do another one? Those first three were like the perfect trilogy, great way to end it. Why would you want to add anything to that? And even going into it, I thought, well, you know, this one actually just feels like a sequel instead of the others were all part of a contained story but once I sat down to watch it and you know saw the result I mean it was so entertaining it was, had that classic Toy Story feel all the classic characters that you know we've fallen in love with over the years and you know new ones thrown into the mix and you know just all kinds of stuff going on really good story of you know family being a kid you know just everything that you would expect Pixar to put into one of their movies and you know all the emotions you know everybody's talking about you know having Kleenex ready to watch the movie and you know it's just the same for some reason Pixar just knows exactly what to do with this franchise you know how to capture those emotions and you know even how to move it forward you know there's a lot that happens in here that really sets it up for you know more movies down the road and you know without really making it feel excessive or unnecessary and you know this is one of those ones that you know was a really nice surprise to see and I'm super glad that they did make another one and again I hope they're they're going to make more you know down the road I'm looking this Toy Story you know five six seven whatever they want to do And now it's time for Spider-Man Far From Home. Yes, it's out. Uh, as I'm uh, recording this podcast, Spider-Man Far From Home is enjoying its opening weekend. And, you know, of course, being a Marvel movie and being Spider-Man, it's, you know, box office is tearing up. Everybody's going to see it. I'm actually going to see it for the second time tonight. And, you know, in typical Marvel fashion, you know, this is, you know, another really fun, exciting, you know, big, you know, epic story. And you know, it was a really, really nice transition from everything that we saw in Infinity War and Endgame. I mean, those two movies were just so huge and big and emotional and had just everything going on, that 10 years of, of build-up to the climax of the story. It was really nice to just settle in and watch Spider-Man and a little bit smaller story, obviously, but, you know, than the big Avengers movies, but still, you know, on that Marvel scale and a ton of fun. One of the really neat things about it is the um, Peter Parker, you know, as a teenager in high school, you know, he's still dealing with all of those teenager things, you know, you know, being, you know, having the big crush on MJ and, you know, dealing with high school, dealing with his, his Aunt May, you know, dealing with, you know, pending adulthood and also, you know, dealing with everything that he went through in the, in the previous movies. I mean, he's a superhero. He's got a lot of responsibilities and, you know, it doesn't seem like he's quite ready for that, but, you know, so he deals with a lot of that in this movie and, you know, there's all the, you know, characters that you want to see or hear, you know, Samuel Jackson's in here as Nick Fury, um, John Favreau's in here as, um, Happy Hogan, Marissa Tomei back as Aunt May, and then um, MJ, of course, being played again by Zendaya, who is, oh man, she's just fantastic. I mean, just the way she plays the character I mean, is just awesome. You know, she's not the classic, you know, MJ that, you know, people might be used to from the comic books, but I felt she's a very relatable character, and just, you just gotta go see it, and it's just, she, she brings a whole new energy to MJ that's, that's really cool and plays off of 
uh, Tom Holland's version of Peter Parker really, really well. So, you know, again, this is, you, you may be able to tell I'm a little excited about this movie because it's a lot of fun. And, you know, I love all the Marvel movies. I, you know, I'm not afraid to say it. I'm a fanboy when it comes to the, the MCU and everything that they're doing. But, you know, this one is just, it just continues. You know, Marvel just has that magic touch right now with all of the, the stories that they're telling. Oh, and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is playing the character Mysterio who in classic, you know, Spider-Man comic books is one of the craziest villains he ever came across, uh, he being Spider-Man, and Peter Parker, and, you know, he really shows in a totally different way that fits the Marvel Universe, you know, that same, you know, like energy and, you know, element of danger to Peter and to Spider-Man that the comic book fans have always known, you know, just in that Marvel Cinematic Universe way. So, you know, if you haven't seen this yet, definitely go out and see it. If you're a fan of Marvel, if you're a fan of Spider-Man, you know, don't worry, don't be afraid. This one's going to fit right in with everything else and you're going to love it. So the final movie I'm going to talk about on this segment is one that's not even out yet. It's called Stuber. It's coming out next weekend, so watch for it. But it stars Dave Bautista, who a lot of people know as Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy and the Avengers movies. He is also a WWE superstar for many, many years. And then also a co-star is Kumail Nanjiani, who I feel like he's probably most recognized for Silicon Valley. He was in Portlandia. He had a really good comedy out a couple years ago in the theaters called The Big Sick. But now he's in you know this movie with Dave Bautista. Oh, and Karen Gillan also has a part in the movie too, who, you know, you know her from uh, being um, Nebula in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies and also in the Jumanji movie, which there's a sequel coming out, um, I think during the holiday season. But anyway, yeah, Karen Gillan's in the movie as well. You know, several other you know cast members, uh, Mira Sorvino, uh, Iko Wise, who... Um, if you've ever seen The Raid, which if you're into martial arts and you have not seen The Raid, go watch it right now. But Iko Weiss it plays the villain in this movie. And uh, it's basically about uh, Dave Bautista's character as a cop, and he um, has to get an Uber for reasons I won't explain here, rather than you know using his own car. And, uh, and Kumail Nanjiani's character is the Uber driver. And, you know, this is an action comedy, kind of in the vein of... Um, you know, just the classic buddy cop stories that we've seen over the years, like Lethal Weapon is probably a prime example, but I just thought it was really, really funny. <clears throat> Excuse me, and uh, a lot of the comedy really comes from the interactions between Dave Bautista and Kamel Nanjiani, and from what I understand, they're really good friends in real life, and you can really see, you know, that chemistry come through, but, you know, when this movie comes out, it, this is definitely one you want to go check out. It's a lot of fun, you know, a lot of comedy, a lot of fight scenes, you know, a lot of car chases and stuff like that, but, you know, just a really, really unique spin on that classic buddy cop movie, but, yeah, definitely go check this one out. It comes out on the I think next next weekend and that is it for the debut edition of the 206.com podcast the cinematic six-pack I hope you enjoyed me covering you know these movies and I hope it gives you a better idea of what to expect or if you want to go see them or not and definitely check out my reviews as well on the website 206.com uh, yeah you'll see a little bit more of an in-depth thought process on you know, most of the movies. And then uh, Stuber, my review will be posted as soon as the movie's released, so don't want to put it out there beforehand. But yeah, just uh, check out the website and keep listening to the podcast, and uh, we'll get ready for the next segment.
yes, it is time for the debut of the Contact High segment where I get to talk about different conventions that I attend over the course of the year. And that's why it's called Contact High for you know, conventions. If you hadn't figured that out already, it's not you know, something else you might think of, but that's what I'm calling it for now. Now, I, here in the Seattle area, there's different you know, fan events like Emerald City Comic Con, Ace Comic Con, Geek Girl Con, a lot of different types of stuff, and today I'm going to talk about two, one that just happened and one that's coming up pretty soon. The one that just happened is called Ace Comic Con. It's the second time it was here in Seattle. Uh, It's run by some people who, they just basically travel around the country putting on a similar show, and the the real focus of it seems to be more on... uh, fans interacting with the celebrities that are brought in, whether it's for uh, getting an autograph, uh, doing a photo op with them, or, you know, watching their panel, you know, getting to hear them speak and that type of stuff, and not as much on the actual Comic-Con experience of vendors and comic books and all of that type of stuff, and, you know, to be honest with you, I think this year... I only saw one, maybe two actual comic book vendors, a lot of different artists, which was cool, but it's really not the focus of this event. It's all about the celebrities and who they're bringing in, which on one hand is really cool because they bring in some, some, (coughs) excuse me, some top flight talent. You know, this time they had some of the Avengers, you know, really timely with Endgame just happened. So Chris Evans was in attendance, Josh Brolin, Zoe Saldana, Jeremy Renner, Don Cheadle and Lee Pace, all part of the Marvel movies. Uh, Taron Edgerton was here. He was in Kingsman, the Secret Service movies, as well as right now in the theaters, you can watch Rocket Man. Deborah Ann Wool, who Marvel fans know from Daredevil, Punisher, The Defenders, and Netflix series. And then also they brought in a couple WWE superstars. Uh, this year it was Bailey and Charlotte Flair. Both made an appearance. So a lot of big names, you know, a lot of fun watching them. But if you're looking for that pure you know, comic book convention experience where you're just going through, you know, the different vendors looking at all kinds of different comic books and looking at rows and rows and rows of different artists, you may be a little disappointed by this one. So going in with the right expectation is key. You know, I had a really good time. I was there all three days. I figured might as well buy a three-day pass. You know, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. So I spent the time there, watched all the panels, and it was really cool to see you know, the Marvel personalities, you know, getting to hear them talk and to hear about their experiences and making the movies and other things that they had going on. And, you know, one of the people that I was really most impressed with, already a big fan of Zoe Saldana, who plays, you know, her as Gamora in the Avengers Marvel movies. And she's also Neytiri in the Avatar movies, which they're going to start pushing out the sequels here over the next few years. And she's also been Uhura in the Star Trek movies. So a lot of, a lot of ways to go with fandom for her. And, you know, I pretty much like everything she does. She's really strong female presence in all of her roles. And she just really does a good job in presenting a female superhero type character, you know, whether it's science fiction or fantasy or comic books. And she actually talked about that a little bit. Somebody asked her, you know, was it real intentional for you to take on these type of roles? And she actually said yes, that she felt that she never had these type of 
role models, you know, superheroes to look up to when she was growing up. You know, she said that she read things, you know, books like Dune, you know, different sci-fi, different fantasy, stuff like that. So she really wanted to create something for the next generation. She said she didn't have superheroes, so she went ahead and created them herself. So that was really cool to hear, really neat to to get that type of perspective from somebody who is quite honestly, you know, one of the most popular movie stars in the world right now with all of the things that, that she did. You know, different, you know, things from Don Cheadle, Jeremy Renner, Chris Evans during their panel. You could just tell that they were having a blast. You know, they were just teasing each other, just laughing, cracking up, making jokes. You know, Chris Evans looked a little bit awkward, but, you know, he's put it out there that he suffers from anxiety. So doing this type of stuff is a bit of a struggle for him, but he did really well, you know, really engaging and answered a lot of questions. And, you know, it was really cool to hear from all of these people, as I mentioned, just just the different panels for me is really what made the the event. You know, I didn't do any autographs. I didn't do any photo ops. You know, just chose not to this time. But, you know, still being able to see those those movie stars, getting able to walk around and see the different vendors and artists that were there. You know, for me, anytime there's a Comic-Con available, I'm going to try to go to it. So definitely a good time. But like I said, if you choose to go, if Ace Comic-Con comes back next year, you know, make sure you have the right mindset. Don't expect it to be like Emerald City Comic-Con. Look for something a little bit different. You know, if you want to get an autograph, if you want to get a photo op, you know, that's probably your best chance to do that type of thing with the caliber caliber of stars that they're bringing in. But, you know, I just wanted to, to mention that, that, you know, I've heard some complaints of people saying, oh, it's, you know, not any good because it's not like Emerald City Comic Con. But I think it's just all about setting expectations. So, you know, go into it knowing what it's going to be and knowing what you want out of it. And you're, you're definitely going to have a good time. So I hope they come back again next year and I'd be looking forward to see, you know, what celebrities, movie stars and entertainment they bring back in. And I really hope they do try to improve the artist and comic book side of it at least just a little bit just to give a little bit more to the fans that are there looking to attend there's definitely space for it it's held at the the, uh, wamu convention center right next to CenturyLink field so definitely a lot of room that they could use or even if they wanted to put it somewhere else but you know it's like i said i'll welcome it back uh, I prefer Emerald City, to be honest with you, because there's just so much more to do, so much more to see, but still, in my opinion, a really good convention. Now, the second convention I wanted to talk about on this segment of the podcast is one that's a, a little more of a personal connection for me. It's called, it's a Disney fan event uh, held up in Linwood every year. It's called the Pacific Northwest Mouse Meet. This year it's on July 27th. It's at the Linwood Convention Center. And the reason I say it's got a little bit more of a personal connection for me is because my brother created the event. His name is Don. He uh, was the founder of the Pacific Northwest Mouse Meet. It's totally his idea, built it from the ground up, and this is going to be the 11th year. And you know, every year I help him out with it, and you know, during the the day of the event and some other stuff, and and getting it ready. But you know, it's just a really fun time. If you're a Disney fan, I mean, this is definitely somewhere you want to be. Now, before I go any farther and you get too excited, this year's event is sold out. So you know, I'm telling you about this just because you know I want to talk about it a little bit. But unfortunately, you won't be able to to get a ticket if you don't have one already. But that being said, you know, as I was mentioning, it's uh, 
Disney fans, hardcore Disney fans, love watching or going to this event. This year, the the guests, the guest speakers that have been brought in, uh, Jeff Curdy, who's been here a couple times before. He's an author and a Disney historian. Ron Clements, he's an animation director, screenwriter, and producer for Disney. He's co-directed movies like The Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Hercules, Princess and the Frog, uh, Moana, uh, more recently. So he's you know pretty big time director within the Disney family. And then also speaking of big time, uh, Mr. Joe Rohde, who's the exec- executive designer and vice president of creative with Walt Disney at Imagineering. So he's basically in charge of just about anything that's being built or maintained in the, the Disney parks. Um, you know, so it's pretty big deal to be honest with you to have you know this roster of guests coming in. So I'm pretty excited to see them, you know, hear them speak and and uh, you know see what they're all about. But yeah, like I said, it's up in Linwood every year, Linwood Convention Center. So keep your eyes on it. The website is pnwmousemeat.com. You know, you can follow you know, the website, social media, that type of stuff. There's other events that my brother hosts over the course of the year as well. So, you know, you can watch out for those if you are a Disney fan or just stay tuned for next year's big event as well. But, you know, this is the 11th time we've done this and every year it gets uh, bigger and better. And we're hoping, you know, for more of the same this year. So, again, that's uh, Pacific Northwest Mouse Meet. You know, look it up on Twitter, look it up on Facebook, look it up on Instagram. And if you're a Disney fan, you know, not just for the one specific big event every year but you know follow along and you know there's just a lot to interact with and be a part of as a Disney fan so um that's all for the I wanted to say about that again this is the first debut of the contact high segment where I talk about Seattle area conventions and hope to get another segment out there in the next few months and especially with some really cool stuff coming up like PAX. Hopefully I'll be able to spend at least a day there. And then in November, there's both Geek Girl Con and the Geek Craft Expo, uh, both all in the Seattle area. So stay tuned for information on those and you know we'll take it from there. Here it is, guys. We've come to the end of episode two of the 206.com podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the first editions of the Cinematic Six Pack and Contact High segments. Let me know what you think of the podcast by sending a message or commenting on social media, and please share the podcast links on your pages as well. Episode three will be released on Monday, July 22nd, and will be an interview segment featuring a conversation I had with producer Olivia Loveridge, whose new horror comedy, Here Comes Hell, was a featured midnight presentation at this year's Seattle International Film Festival. Olivia and I had a lot of fun at Pike Place Market chatting about her movie and how much she loved traveling from the UK to visit Seattle for the festival. She was great and the movie was fantastic, so check out the interview and you can also read my full review right now on 206.com. Flash says my time is up, so thank you very much for listening and please come back for the next episode of the 206.com podcast on Monday, July 22nd.